Statements made in CBD and poetry podcasts have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Non-prescription CBD is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease or medical conditions. The CBD and poetry discussion is not intended as medical advice and should not substitute advice from a healthcare professional. Yeah, I was in my 20s, and for me, being uh, naturally lazy to be able to get paid for walking. Tell me, what led you to first try CBD? Well, uh, actually, because uh, I know you, and I Mm -hmm. know your interest, and it furthered my initial uh, times that I've seen it around here and there. So it seemed mm-hmm. like a good opportunity. So you just tried it because you know me? Well, mm, because you were talking about it and because I'm noticing these stores here and there where uh, we sell CB- CBD oil uh-huh. and see it at the flea markets and people are talking about it. Uh, and uh, a lot of people are curious about it. And I, I was curious about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what did you think it would do for you? Well, that's where the curiosity, uh, the best thing to do is to just try it rather than just be curious. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's been hailed as a little bit of a uh, miracle for aches and pains. And um, uh, I have aches and pains. Okay. And Usually when people have had aches and pains, that means they've led an interesting life. What were you doing to get those aches and pains? Mm, Let's see. Uh, About the time I started this, uh, uh, which you know of this part, is uh, I refractured an an old ankle injury. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was done while I was mowing a yard, uh, fractured ankle. The first time was uh, just walking and uh, fractured the same ankle. So that's, that's one of the aches. Wait, you fractured, you fractured your ankle just by walking? Well, stepping off a porch. Okay. (laughs) Because I was a mailman at one point. Oh, how long were you a mailman? Mm, 26 years. I thought they called them letter carriers or mail carriers. now. Isn't that the PC way of saying it? Postman, mailman, letter carrier, uh, uh, to all the kids in the in the neighborhood, um, uh, Mr. Mailman. Okay, okay. Did you do and a lot then, of walking? I mean, most letter carriers they just have to drive up to a mailbox, put the well. I guess if the mailbox is on the street. That's that's uh, to the point. Things have progressed at this point. But when I first started, I had an all walking route that was one hundred percent walking with no vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I walked about uh, 14 miles a day for 15 years. Wow. Now, was this in the city or outside the city suburbs? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get a picture here. Yes, a city carrier. So I would walk out of the post office, walk to a relay box, replenish my mailbag and do that all day long and then wind back around to the post office. And it was a wonderful way to be outdoors, which I'm an outdoor person. And so this uh, was a really good job for me. And the old slogan, through rain, sleet, or snow, you would 
yeah, I think all that various came weapons. From, I believe huh? that originally came from Herodotus. Uh-huh. It's, uh, I don't, uh, I can't quote it offhand, but if you look up Herodotus, that's uh, where the original quote came from. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's somewhere I, you'll, by the time you get to the end of the quote, you'll realize, oh yeah, that's the, that's the postal quote, you know? I didn't realize that they got, I thought some PR person made that up. No, this is uh, ancient history. That's where that quote came from. Okay. Huh. Well, thanks. I learned something. <laughs> I'm learning something unexpectedly new. Uh-huh. So, uh, but, the, but the thing about the aches and pains, if you walk uh, 14 miles a day, five or six days a week for that, that long of a time period, my, my ankles and feet would be so tired that they would feel like lead, you know, lying in bed. They would feel like lead. They felt that heavy. And back to the CBD oil, those are the type of aches that I was hoping would, uh, you know, they, there would be some benefit from. What were other remedies that you tried before trying CBD? Mm, eh, gosh, I don't know if I've tried any more remedies. I uh, can't think of any offhand. But you were, you were, a, uh, I, I don't even know what to say now, postman? <laughs> For over 20 years, surely you did something. Was it just? stay off your feet or prop your legs mm, up? The uh, normal process was in the waking hours to stretch my feet for usually about 30 minutes before I could uh, put any weight on them. Wow. That's after were, you, you came home. They were, yeah. They were, they, you know, the next day I would have to stretch my feet. If you've ever seen a dog get up from its nap, it will stretch. Well, I had mm-hmm. to do my feet that way. And then I could put, you know, then I was okay for the day. But yes, stretching is uh, stretching is beneficial for you know those joints. Now, did you ever use any type of or like yoga techniques or something? That was always on my. I wish I uh, would do yoga because I think it also would be beneficial from mm-hmm. those aches and pains that you say. Where do you get your aches and pains? Several different areas, not just walking. But yeah, I think yoga would be a, a benefit at this point too. Okay. Now, what else do you do? I mean, surely it wasn't all work and no play. Well, on the play part for about mm, 10 years, I coached uh, youth baseball. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, they do pitch counts now in pro games. And it's funny because they're counting, okay, he's pitched 80, 90 pitches. He's, they need to take him out. Well, my shoulder aches because I've coached uh, the kids until I was the smallest one on the team. Okay. And and I was the pitcher for batting practice, and every kid would get a bucket of balls thrown at them every practice, which was 40 to 50 balls times Mm -hmm. 12 players times two practices per per week. Plus, on game day, we did batting practice too. So uh, that's – hundreds and hundreds of balls thrown per week. And the last time I threw a baseball, something in my shoulder popped and that was the end of it. I was, you know, I was able to throw um, uh, good enough batting practice for an adult to swing at fastballs. So when you were growing up, you played baseball and then as an adult, you were a coach. Right. right. My, my dad was a uh, played semi-pro baseball in his youth. And so he was uh you know, he was very athletic 
and he taught me to play baseball and I didn't quite have the body to go along with it, but I had, I had, the <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, my talents were such that I could hit anything thrown at me, but I, I just was not much of a runner. And, uh, uh so I lacked in that area. Now, I'm not very athletic myself. However, I thought if you had a good arm, it didn't matter with anything else. If you could be the pitcher. Is that true? Uh, I think they call it five points of baseball, hit, run, hit for power, field, and throw. Mm -hmm. Those are the five, uh, five check boxes for, uh, baseball. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, I, I coached a lot of kids and it was a rarity that any kid had checks in all five boxes. Four maybe. Yeah. So four out of five is pretty good. Oh yeah. You can get by on four out of five. You can get up to uh, uh, the minor leagues on four out of five. Oh, wow. And how many boxes would you, when, if you did a self-assessment, would you say you checked off? On who? On yourself. On myself. Uh, yeah. One. One. I could oh, hit. come on. <laughs> I had the highest batting average on the team. I could hit. But, uh, the rest of it was uh, not, not a checkbox. Oh, Wow. Okay, that's that's really good eye-hand coordination. Coordination helps. Yeah, yeah, that's not a checkbox, but coordination is people. Some people come across coordination naturally and flow when they move, and it is a, you know, like you've heard, runs like a deer. Mm-hmm. Well, those those are, uh, uh, yeah, those those uh, athletes are wonderful to watch, whatever sport it is. Now, was soccer popular when you were a child? No, I had never even heard of it except for what they report in Sports Illustrated. When I was growing up, uh, uh, the neighborhood kids, uh, one of them, uh, they subscribed to Sports Illustrated. So whatever the sport, we followed it. We were all uh, avid sports fans. Mm -hmm. And yet, uh, out of the four or five of us that were grew up together, none of us made it very far <laughs> in the actual athlete part, but we loved sports. Our our heart was in it. Right, right. I can imagine, though, being young and full of energy, it didn't really matter how good you were. You were just out moving. Yeah, we, we, had, a, we had a baseball field with a backstop. And uh, uh, back then, uh, last uh, last. Last year's license plates became the bases. Oh, okay. What? They change license plates every year? Yeah. They were, uh, well, in Texas, uh, uh, for example, 1966 were black with white letters. 1965 was white with black letters. They would alternate. on, mm. the, And they became the bases. And so we had a wonderful baseball field. Uh, we also uh, created a golf course around uh, the biggest house in the neighborhood and chipped balls for a, you know, a par two or three for, and play golf. Hmm. Which part of Texas? Uh, Central Texas. Mm. Not, uh, not a city, just a small town, just uh, Central Texas. I'm, I'm just amazed because nowadays kids feel like they have to go to an already built place to play a sport. And it sounds like you guys made your own we did. Playing fields. We did. Uh, and back then, because there would usually only be four of us playing uh, most of the time, a tree 
became an extra fielder. So if the ball got caught up in the and delayed in the tree and you could still catch it, that was legal. We had kids rules. <laughs> a bush, if you could if the bush caught it and you caught it before it hit the ground, that's an out. So the bush was a fielder. <laughs> so you guys had specialized rules depending on where you were playing. We had specialized rules. We had ghost runners. Did do you know what that is? Not at all. A ghost runner is when you only have four players and one player is on base and the second player gets on base also. You have to have someone bat. So uh, there was a an imaginary person on one of the bases that ran as fast. Well, that ran as fast what? Yeah. The, the ghost player, the ghost runner, was an imaginary player. Uh-huh. When you went into bat, that that imaginary runner ran as fast as the batter. So if you were not quite to first base and they tagged for a force out at a different base, that was an out because the ghost runner ran as fast as the batter. So you and the ghost runner would both be out? No, but we both ran the same speed. So if, if the ghost runner was on first base uh-huh. went into bat, when you hit the ball, if the fielder touched second base before you got to first base, that was an out. For the ghost runner? Yeah, for the ghost runner. Wow, y'all really had to pay attention then. Yeah. And we had uh, we had automatic outs, crazy rules, kids rules, where if you hit a foul ball over the fence where it took a long time to jump that fence and go get the ball, we decided that was an automatic out to uh, try to keep players uh, more attuned to Try not to hit it over in that area. Of course, when you went over in that area, there were some there were blackberries and pears that we could uh, get easily distracted from our game and take a break. Okay, but I thought in baseball, if you hit it so far, that was a home run. Right. So y'all were dis- discouraging home runs. Well, no, a home run in this wonderful field we have. In left field, it was kind of like the green monster in Boston. It was a gray house, and if you hit it over, and it was, but it was very close. Mm -hmm. So if you hit it over the two-story Victorian-style gray house, that was a home run, and it took a mighty blast to go over that short, tall wall. And to right field, it was a long fence. So it was a different type of challenge. And center field was guarded by trees that 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 uh, uh hung down low enough it, it took a very strong line drive for a center field home run it was mm. a it was a a, a uniquely designed uh, <clears throat> baseball field and i've been talking with uh one of the other players uh kids uh now uh you know of course we're much older and uh, uh we'll uh, have have decided to write up a story about that at some point because it's uh, such a fond memory. It sounds like it. So you spent most of your childhood outside, it sounds like. Uh, summertime, we spent lots of time outdoors, barefooted, uh, running down to the store, barefooted, uh, any kind of outdoor game, what was whatever was going on. And, uh, you know, at dusk, we would hear our names called from the moms across the way, you know, calling us in for supper time. So it's no surprise that you grew up wanting to have a career that helped you stay outside. I had no idea what it would be. I just knew I loved to be outdoors. Mm-hmm. And and then it came, came this unique opportunity. I was thinking, oh, 
this guy gets to walk outside. Of course, it's not as good as it seems whenever you're walking in where it's a downpour or extremely mm-hmm. hot or, uh, you know, once in a while in this area, the, the cold. So there, there were. When did you make that connection, though? How old were you? Do you remember the day when you thought, hey, I could do this and they'll pay me to be outside? My 20s. And for me, being uh, naturally lazy to be able to get paid for walking seemed like a. a, (laughs) (laughs) But those two things don't go together. Being naturally lazy and you're going to walk. Well, that's active. Yeah, but they they paid good enough. It was uh, it was uh, it gave me plenty of reason to to get up every morning and walk as long as I could. That's what I did. Okay. What were you doing before you became a mailman? Before that, I was a uh, plumber for a few years. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that also involved being outside. Uh, so I did that for a few years, but uh, it wasn't really... As soon as you said plumbing, my mind went to like a dark, dank place inside a house. And it to me, it seemed the exact opposite of being outside. Mm, I was a new construction plumber. So there were oh, three phases. Okay. There was the, the rough end phase, which you, you're out in the weather putting in the pipe underneath the house. There's the uh, second stage is running the pipes up the wall and out the roof where, you know, they don't have the outside walls on yet. So you're, you're pretty much outside with a, a roof sometimes. And then the third phase was inside putting the fixture. Okay. But you were never the plumber when people would panic and say, we need to call the plumber. Mm, only when uh, extreme freezes and the, uh, the, uh, that plumber would be on overload and need some help. And, you know, once in a while, but, uh, but mostly new construction and sometimes houses and sometimes commercial. All right. So I take it from that. Are you, are you still good with your hands and building things or whatever? Uh, yeah. One of my, uh, I like home remodel stuff. Uh, you know, nothing is too big of a job to, as far as, uh, you know, tearing a wall out, uh, putting bracing in and, uh, you know, relocating the wall or relocating plumbing or adding a wall, adding a room on the back of a house, uh, any of those type of things are, um, it's just something I'm familiar with. So it, it, it doesn't phase me to tackle those type of projects. So was that something that you also learned uh, working on construction sites when you were doing plumbing or you picked that up? Well, my dad was uh, also a carpenter, so I was around it. And then becoming a plumber, you know, you just get a, you actually get a broad scope of what the other construction people are doing. The carpenters, Mm -hmm. the sheetrock people, the electricians, the roofers, there's, there's a lot of different people involved. You know, one person doesn't normally build a house. So you become aware of when do I need to do my part? I don't, I can't put this in until another person does their part. And so you get a, a broad scope really of, uh, of how it all works together. So I'm, I'm gathering from this that your father was a really big influence because he was a minor league baseball player. He was also a carpenter, but he was never a mailman, right? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so that was that was something independent of your father. Right. Were you the first one in the family? No, I was the last one in the family. Oh, to be a letter carrier? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, the first one to be a letter carrier. Yeah. Uh, mm, I had an uncle that was uh, uh, worked for the Postal Service, but uh, that would be the closest. Okay. In fact, he was my boss for a while, and people gave me a hard time because, uh, oh, yeah, your boss is going to favor you. No, not necessarily. He was just as hard on you as yeah. everyone else? That's what it should be. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. I was just asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, Larry, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about your CBD journey and your life. Well, can I touch base on the CBD one one more time? Sure. The time that I tried it, uh-huh. uh huh. I tried a, a little test uh, portion. Okay. There was a lot of anticipation of uh, this seems to be uh, good for me on these these aches. And then uh, ran out, but it left me with the uh, desire to try it again. It was, mm-hmm. it, in other words, it had a favorable uh, uh, effect on me as far as wanting to go ahead and, and uh, try it again. I just uh, haven't at this point, but expect to. Okay, fantastic. You have a great evening. Okay, thank you. Bye. Curiosity doesn't always kill the cat. It's usually where the adventure begins. One step at a time, 14 miles a day for several years in a row. So batter's up. Knock it out of the ballpark. Anything can be a plane field when you're a child, especially playing with kid rules. Just don't get distracted by the blackberries. The barefooted boy playing outside every summer grew into the man paid to be outside all year long.